morning. Today's scripture lesson comes from the Acts of the Apostles. It's chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. It can be found on page 885 of your pew Bible, or you may follow along in your bulletin. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native tongue of each. Amazed and astounded, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with the new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirits upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want you all to know that's the scariest scripture reading in the whole year, and Richard just did a really good job with it. Well done with the Phrygians and the Cappadocians. Good job, Richard. So, uh, Mark, come on up, come on up. I'm going to introduce you just briefly to this morning's guest preacher. There are a lot of things that I could say about uh, Pastor Mark Thompson, who has, has come to us this morning from Lansing Central United Methodist Church. I think the, the, the main thing I want to tell you this morning about my friend Mark is that he is a good pastor. Mark is a good pastor who draws the circle wide everywhere that he goes. I first got to know Mark through, uh, through our ministries at, at Camp Lake Louise up north. Uh, Mark, uh, you know, Pastor and Christy and I go up every summer, and, and we, uh, we lead a camp for elementary schoolers. Um, I met Mark up there and got to know him because uh, he, he started a fantastic ministry at Camp Lake Louise called Camp Beloved. Uh, camp Beloved is a, a camp that gives LGBTQ youth uh, a place where they can hear God's voice where they can find Christian community together um, and know that they're going to be safe and loved. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's a beautiful ministry. Um, it's almost sold out this year, I hear, that, uh, that there's the, uh, that's, that's fantastic. It has grown and grown. Uh, and uh, uh, that's, that's really all I want to say about Mark is just I want you to know that he's, he's among us doing really good ministry, and we're very pleased that he's come to bring a word this morning. Would you please welcome my friend, Reverend Mark Thompson. <laughs> 
there. Is that better? Yes. Excellent. Ditto to what I just said. <laughs> Let's have a word of prayer. God, we thank you. We thank you for this amazing day wherein we celebrate your spirit coming in a profound way. That happened long ago, according to the story, but we know your spirit is very much alive in this very time, in this very room, in the lives of every person here. And so God, indeed, quicken our hearts. Help us to sense your presence in a way that maybe we've never sensed before. Indeed, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, even the wanderings of our minds be used to be able to help us to become more of what you created us to be and closer to each other and certainly closer to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The choir sounded great. All the music sounded great. I love the banjos. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree with that. And choir, thank you. I, I don't know how long ago you chose that song to be able to sing, uh, Draw the Circle Wide, but actually that was the introduction to my sermon, so thank you for doing that. Um, the, the next part of my sermon was amen, and then I was going to sit down. <laughs> so now I've had to come up with filler. <laughs> no, the, the, the beautiful thing is that I, the way I look at the Bible is that it's right along that theme, Draw the Circle Wider. Draw it wider still, so that more and more people will be able to realize the blessing of God. The scripture states very clearly that the existence of the people of Israel was to be a light unto the nations. And they were chosen for that purpose. And the scripture states very clearly that they were chosen for that purpose, not so they could hoard anything, but so they could be able to proclaim the grace of God that comes through love and direction and guidance. That's true of all of us as well. We're certainly we're chosen people. I believe everyone in this room is chosen. Chosen to be able to be in ministry in some way, whether that be in a job that you have in, for the city, the state, whether that be a job that you have that you did have um, because you're retired now, or work in the, the church, whatever it might be, you are called to be able to use your skills and abilities to be able to draw the circle wider, to be able to draw it wider still. And so I'm thankful to be here because I believe I'm among kindred spirit. I believe I'm among a people who feel called. And I know under the, the tutelage of Jeremy, you've been able to, to find ways to be able to have the Holy Spirit strengthen that call within you. And that's my continued prayer for Court Street's United Methodist Church. Now, it is true that the, the circle is to be drawn wider, that we celebrate diversity because the, the way, reason we celebrate diversity is because God is speaking in multitude ways through multitudes of people. And so the way that you encounter God and as you tell me that, or as I watch that, I learn more about who this God is. When I decide that one of you or one person that I, I, I don't necessarily agree with or whatever, when I stop listening to them, then I stop being able to understand God a little bit more. 
Now, there are some occasions where I have to call quits. Where I have to tell a person, you know, you're just going in the wrong direction. Many of you, I'm sure, have heard of annual conference um, this year. Um, it followed a, a, a weird general conference back in April. And so, thank God, the spirit moved, I, from my opinion at least, moved in the annual conference of West Michigan. And we were able to see the, the strength of Methodism in Michigan be able to draw that circle wider. There's a diversity that was there. Even the diversity of those who were elected to go to general conference was profound. It was life-changing. It, it, it has, set, has set a direction for Methodism in Michigan that is amazing. But not everyone was on board. There's a gentleman who was speaking, and he was telling some of his opinion. He was using a little bit of Bible scripture, and he had followed another gentleman who was doing the same thing, speaking in, in such a way that just wasn't all that helpful. Again, from my perspective. Both of those gentlemen were speaking and, and understanding uh, gay and lesbian and transgender in, in such a way that they needed to, those persons needed to be changed. Their diversity was not acceptable, according to these two gentlemen that they had to conform to something different. Well, long ago, I decided I wasn't going to conform. Long ago, I decided to be a, a disciple of Jesus who was not a conformist. Definitely not. So what I ended up doing was standing up to the microphone, and as I was going to the microphone at, at annual conference, I was thinking, Lord, you got to help me know what to say because I'm ready to really let those guys have it. I'm ready to, to, to use scripture to be able to, to, to just plow through and, and, and say what really was on my mind. But I got to that microphone and the bishop had called on me and so he said, microphone number, number one, I believe it was. And so I took a deep breath. And what I said to those gentlemen and to the rest of the conference there are words being spoken, and the people might not realize the pain they are causing. I was not there to blame and to point someone out and say, you know, you better go in and become a Bible scholar. You, you just don't have it right. You don't agree. And I wasn't there to be able to say to, to, to those two gentlemen or others gathered there, you not only have it wrong, but you're, you're, you're vile. You're like, like the, the Nazi people in, in Detroit during Pride Parade yesterday. I could have said, you're trash. But I chose not to. I chose not to. I chose not to. And I ask you to do the same. The disciples of Jesus had to go through that kind of choosing over and over again. They had division and strife among them from the get-go. One of them had an ego so big, he, he and his, his brother thought, hey, you know, we can, we, we can twist things in our, our direction and, and we can sit on one side of Jesus and on the other when he comes into his kingdom. And Jesus said, no, it's not about that. It's not about that at all. It's about the opposite. Being willing to take the humble route. 
being able to be among the marginalized and being able to, to, to feel that, that your place that you have is given to you as a gift and to use it where you are planted. Oh, they didn't like that. Imagine their mom didn't like it either because she's the one who made the request. Mom was probably saying, hold it, I raised these two, two men and, and, and they're wonderful. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd do much better if you had one at the right hand and one at the left. We need to be able to... And Jesus said, no, it's not about that. Jesus said, we need to draw the circle wider. And I need you... I need you to be able to proclaim a message in such a way that people feel as though they can come and that they're welcome. They're welcome. Oh, again, that's not anything new. But the, the, the thing that strikes me about this, this passage of Scripture is that it, it is sometimes, sometimes, no, it always goes in the face of, of what we might think about God. Because we have, you know, we have God in such a way, especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that, that comes beside us when our loved one is dying of cancer. The Holy Spirit comes to us through a, through a pastor who, who meets us in the hospital and has a prayer with us before surgery. The Holy Spirit is, is that calming, still voice. But then we have Pentecost. Similar to the Pentecost that, that happened for Moses when the bush was burning. And Moses said, what the heck? Bushes don't burn. But the Spirit of God used that burning bush and that legend to be able to, to snap Moses out of his, his, his commonplace. To be able to say the rules are different. You are now on holy ground. Oh, that was so for the prophet Elijah. When he was in the, in the midst of that, that, that mountain, escaping and running away, and I know what it's like to run away from the call of God. I try and run away from the call of God at least once a month, and God doesn't play fair, because what God does is come in that, that, that small voice and say, you're called. Don't give up. Don't give up, and if you don't think you're called, let me send someone to you to be able to say to you, and this happens time again, and I, I say, dang, damn it, God, you've got to play fear here. Nine times out of ten, someone will come up to me and say, Mark, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for Camp Beloved. Thank you for, for Rainbow Cafe and, and, your, and the Lansing Central Church. Thank you for all of that, because God is working through you. And so time and again, I have those Pentecost moments. They shake me to the core. Now, the shaking did happen for those people who were gathered in Jerusalem. They were gathered there not because the Holy Spirit was coming in the way that they thought. They were gathered there to be able to pray to God in thanksgiving for a harvest. They were there to, to, to celebrate, and there were thousands of them celebrating there, to be able to thank God that the, Moses was given the Ten Commandments from God eons ago. They were there to be able to, to thank God for all those things. But then the Holy Spirit said, no, there's something greater here. Something much greater here. And it wasn't just that, that God kind of pronounced and said through a nice microphone, hey, there's something new here. No, what the legend has it is that there were tongues of fire that came down. I don't know about you, but I like my hair. 
And boy, if tongues of fire came down on my hair, either literally or figuratively, I would run. But when the Spirit of God touches you and you feel like running, then you, now you don't. You don't run when, when the church has its institutions in such a way that it says, this is how God is working. And the Holy Spirit comes along and says, no, God is doing something new. Then we have the choice. We have the choice. And it's in our hands. We have the choice to be able to say, I want to follow those tongues of fire. I want to follow that burning bush. I want to follow God when God is found among thy diverse people in my neighborhood. And folks, by what I understand, you've made a choice. I know I have. I've made a choice to be able to say, United Methodist Church, you are wrong. And I have evidence of that. Because I see the burning bush and the lives of my gay and queer and transgender clergy members here in Michigan. I see the burning bush in the eyes of a bishop who's willing to stand up and say, enough already. I see that burning bush in the spirit of those who gather at annual conference at MFSA and say, enough already. But they also do what the scripture states happened in Acts 2. They proclaim it. They say to those around, we're drawing the circle wide. We're not waiting for the church to catch up. We're drawing the circle wide. And we're celebrating that diversity. And in that celebration, in that acknowledgement of God's spirit moving in new ways, we have unity. We have unity that will continue to draw us together so that just like on that day of Pentecost when the church was born, there will be hundreds of people, thousands of people that will gather and be able to say, we are marching forward. We are marching forward into a new time, a new era, a new celebration of God's unconditional love. Oh, I'm so thankful for that. Not just because I'm gay, not just because I've been waiting for 11, no, waiting since I was 50 when I came out, waiting for such a time as this. And I want to thank you. I love your t-shirts. I love your spirit. I love your pastor. I love your DS. Is that you, you here in this area? I love your DS. I love your choir. I love your organists. I love your piano, uh, banjo players. I love your diversity. And you are here for such a time as this. To be able to celebrate the circle being drawn wider still wider still. O Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Break us. Mold us. Fill us. Fill us. Bless us so that we will be a blessing. In conclusion, I want to tell you about a story of a young person from Camp Beloved. 
We are going into our fifth year. Actually, it starts uh, next Sunday when the kids will come in. We have kids that come from the Ruth Ellis Center. Ruth Ellis Center is a, a, a center for homeless trans teenagers. And we always get uh, two of them, and they bring along a staff person because there, there's some uh, crisis that these, these uh, young ladies are going through. And so in, in the midst of, of, of this, this week of camp, what we, what we see time and again is people's lives being changed. And so it is with an inner city Detroit girl, transgendered, a beautiful, beautiful spirit. But she was out of her element. <clears throat> and out of her element meant that she could see the stars. We who live in the city don't see the stars very often. She's out of her element because she was in the woods. She was out of her element because she was surrounded by openness and affirmation, and she didn't know what to do about that. So she stayed in bed for three days. Yeah, she stayed in her bunk bed for three days. On Thursday at dinner, she finally came to dinner. And people welcomed her. The kids just said, oh, we're so glad you're here. And, and Thursday night at Fireball, she shared her story. And we were all crying. If I would have lived out even a fraction of her story, I would have stayed in bed all week long. But the circle that we draw and that others draw is wider still. And she was able to not only share her heart, but she became the life of the party. And she celebrated in the drag show later on that, that, that night that was amazing. Draw the circle, draw it wider. Wider still. Celebrate the diversity. Because in that diversity, we have unity in Christ. Let us pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that we can indeed celebrate the goodness of your spirit that comes to us in profound ways. Ways that startle us and shake us up. Ways that bring us peace and comfort. And so on this Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate who you are in the midst and through the lives of each one gathered here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.